The Hundred Marathon Club by Darren Smith. Number 44, Tring Ultra, 21st of September 2019. I was in uncharted territory. Completing 12 in 12 as late as the 28th of December in the prior years, I'd done so by August in 2019 and was now writing my own record books. The only question being, how many could I add in four months? And so, to ease me into the unknown and beyond, I looked to one of my favourite race companies, Extreme Energy. When you find a race organiser you like, when you enjoy the setup and the level of engagement and communication, the, the roots and the feel of the race, the medal, the tea and the crowd, you go back for more. The Extreme Energy Amersham Ultra was my first 50k. Pilgrims was my first race of the year and I had planned to run their Devil's Challenge in 2020 before the world imploded, but more of that later. So, the Tring Ultra, a short train ride for me and close enough to Champney's Day Spa to book myself a massage for dessert. It became the race where I could boldly go where I hadn't gone before. Marathon number 13 of the year. Before I talk about the race though, I want to mention the people that inspire me. People I have met the world over. I have many friends thanks to running. My hobby. My pastime. My chosen form of regular exercise. And I love them dearly. Well, well some of them. I know people who have run the 24-hour lap record and the treadmill world record and who've won comrades and who've won the spine and those who have raised millions for charity and those who give selflessly every day. One who stands out from the crowd is Caroline. At the age of 59, Caroline and I started chatting a lot. We saw each other from time to time at local London races and, and then she got into Chicago for what would be her first marathon. Can you imagine that? At the age of 59, running your first marathon. It certainly gave me perspective as I moan about running my first at 42. I advised when I could. I cheered her on. It took a lot out of her and she swore she wouldn't run another again because she didn't need to. Marathon before the age of 60. Life goal. Tick. I was, therefore, a little surprised when I saw her at the start line of the Tring Ultra outside the Cricket Club Pavilion in Berkhamsted. Apparently, I'd inspired her to sign up, selling her on the idea of trail ultras and how the stress and the pressure is far less with a countryside comfortable race and small fields and generous cut-offs than it is in road marathons. I'd been helping her leading up to and including Chicago and it was our open discussions that prompted her to take the plunge to ultras. Now, Caroline did say that she told me she had signed up, but I don't remember. 
One or both of us could be getting a little forgetful in our old age. And what seeing her did was remove what little pressure there was on me. Caroline was there, a friendly face, and being relatively slower than me, if the wheels did come off my race, I could just run with her. But until then, I had the race briefing to listen to. In the briefing, with arrows and tape held high, we were told that we would leave the cricket ground and follow a lead bike through Tring to the canal. We would then go along the canal all the way to Wendover Woods, scene of the WW100 by Centurion Races, and then the Ridgeway, along which we raced a hundred kilometres of Race to the Stones, then another canal, then through Berkhamstead, Ivinghoe, and then finally come back on ourselves in Tring. And it all sounded very pleasant. I decided to break this one down into a CP to CP race, with the CPs this time being at 12.5 kilometres, 23, 34 and 46, and then home, which for some reason measured 54 kilometres and not the 50 promised. Also, knowing the route would vary wildly, I decided to take four photos between each checkpoint, and then we were off. From the cricket club, we were on residential roads for a while. Lovely big houses either side, as we turned and turned again before a long straight country lane, as far as the canal. This was not a great section of the canal either. There would be a much nicer part later, with barges and locks and waterside pubs. Here, the canals sat still, festering and dark green under a canopy of shedding trees. There was no movement in the water. The odd fishermen sat motionless, staring at their unmoving floats. The route then took us up and through Wendover Woods, scene of so many tricky trail races, and several of the centurion white t-shirts could be seen on runners and supporters alike. At the top of an unforgiving hill, the Gruffalo signs started. It is a thing in the woods. There is a Gruffalo trail and a life-sized wooden carving of the eponymous monster by a cafe and a play area. We would be clapped by some of the parents and kids. Others looked at us like we were circus freaks. After all, who would be running around on a baking hot day like this was turning out to be? The woods, though, were at least cool. The canopy did allow us to stay in the shade for extended periods, and I was very glad of it on the near-constantly undulating path. It kept me cool as I passed the last of the walkers, who had headed out over an hour before us, and came out the other side to a checkpoint. Squash, sandwiches, pretzels, sausage rolls, cocktail sausages, haribo, marmite, peanut butter and chocolate spread sandwiches. Okay, there were, there were peanut butter and chocolate spread sandwiches and Marmite sandwiches, not a squash sandwich. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. I filled my bottles with cold drink, 
despite barely touching them, crammed a sausage roll and was out onto the third section of the race, which turned out to be a bit of a mixed bag. Coming out of the relatively cool woodland, we ran through Berkhamsted and one of the two oddities of the day occurred. The other being that in the race briefing, the race director advised us not to take salt tablets. And I found this guidance strange, as I would assume that hydration and nutrition was our goddamn business, and we should judge what we do and do not consume. The second oddity was odder. I caught up with a group of runners at a short climb called Billet Lane. There were three more runners just behind us. And as we crossed the road to start up the lane, a local resident came out and started to shout at us. The route shouldn't go up the lane, he moaned. It is a private road, he said. The race director had no right to send anyone up by his house. This was odd as the street sign for the street itself did not state as such. He then, in front of us, and insisting that it wasn't our fault, tore the race sign with the arrow off its lamppost and ripped it in two. And then he just walked off with it. It took us aback a little, this get off my land nimby moment. And so I had to get on my phone and check OS maps for alternative routes first and then call the race director and tell him that the sign at the bottom of Billet Lane was no longer pointing the way because it was no longer there. The OS maps app led us along a parallel road to a school, a narrow footbridge over a motorway and then fields. Two sheep fields first, easy to mind your footing, uh, and then a field of disinterested horses, before two fields of cattle. As I approached the herd in the first field of cattle, bullocks, pardon my French, according to the sign on the way in, a runner was frozen to the spot, unsure what to do. Two other runners then joined me and we waved our arms, ushering the cattle away from the gate so we could continue. The second field was bisected completely by the path we took, with two gates either side of a crossing point where the cows could go from one field to the next. What this meant was I literally had to walk through the herd, aware of the maternal instinct to defend their young, before I could continue and get back to the woods. The checkpoints, if anything, were a little off distance-wise. The race, as I said, measured 54k for a start rather than the 50 that we were expecting. And the last checkpoint was supposed to be 6 kilometers from it, but it ended up nearer to 10. So it was at 44k rather than 44k. Um, as I hit the ridgeway, with hundreds of walkers and families out enjoying the sunny afternoon, as I started my up and down and up and down up and down before turning off and finding myself crossing yet another field of cows before hitting a familiar dark canal path. And from there it was easy. 
I was tired. The day had taken a lot out of me, but I was around my normal 50k time, despite it being 54, as I took the long country lane. Then a couple of turns with lovely big houses, houses either side, then across the street and onto the cricket ground to applause. And thanks for letting them know about the sign incident. Caroline, I seem to remember, fell over at one point. And then she got lost. She also had to have a stern conversation with the tail runners about removing the signs even though there were people still out on the course. But, and she is a trooper, and she did finish. She was always going to finish, regardless of everything. And of that, I had no doubt. Next up, the Chicago Marathon.